welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my gratitude to you for making me a part of your listening experience. If you're a new listener, some of the things I say just may not make sense. Like we're in February pretty deep. I've got some New Year's resolutions I've been working through. So you may want to go back and catch up. You can find me on all listening platforms, or you can check out the video component on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. I do a live premiere of each episode every Friday night. My community is in the chat. We talk a little bit more developed. First, we catch up about our weeks. Uh, then we talk more about the conversation that's had for the interview and maybe any weird emails that come in on the mailbag. So for my return people, I thank you for always being here. And you know what I'm about to say when it comes to the New Year's resolutions. So one of the things I decided to do this year was not troll trolls. This is tough. It's difficult. It forces me to say what I would have said in my head, but not really type it, tweet it, respond it, Instagram it, Instagram live, clap back, none of it. I wanted to see how I felt. I also wanted to make space for the more positive interactions on my feeds. And even though it can be very entertaining to hear me clap back, it still puts a vibe out there that I just decided there was no room for that in 2023. So instead, I go back to that episode of Seinfeld where George doesn't make the flippant comment he wishes he would have made that he wants to drive to Cleveland and talk about the jerk store. I'm sorry if you're not a Seinfeld fan, but if you are, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You know, the jerk store called the running out of you uh, because of the shrimp he was eating in the team meeting. He's working, however we know, for the Yankees. So I picture that. It's going well. It's allowing me to have that space to not be so burned out by Twitter and Instagram and the comments and the people. I have blocked more people in 2023 on Twitter than I have probably blocked since 2009 when I got on Twitter. Total. Total. I mean, every day is a block party. Morning, I go in once, my first pass. So I understand there's just a lot of weirdness happening. Um, the algorithm has changed a bit and, you know, porn is really surfacing to the top. So everything I tweet, I get porn as a response, which is weird. That hadn't happened to me for years. Now it's happening by the hundreds. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I must block anywhere from 100 to 150 people just because like I know where to go if I want to get porn. Like why am I talking about my podcast or a sports show and porn? is sent to me. A lot of them also look really homemade and I'm very concerned about model releases, ages, the legitimacy of how this content is being shared. So that's one. Then of course, there's just the creepers. You know, I'm also putting in more keywords like why guys still feel that they should go onto my timeline and ask me on a date offering to buy me dinner is probably one of my greatest triggers. It is such a trigger. And I have a little short story that, that is about dinner and it, and it happened on a trip. So I'm going to talk about it because it was a rather funny interaction once I made light of it. I'm not going to dinner with a stranger. I'm not so desperate for a free meal that I need to go to dinner with a stranger. I'm not meeting strangers up. So I let those go a little bit. But then when the only thing these people say is, I love you so much. I have to meet you. I want to be with you. Will you marry me? They always spell it M-E-R-R-Y. It's never legit, M-A-R-R-Y. So I don't know if they're trolling me. I don't know what the story is. But I'm just, you know, if you're not adding to the community that I'm trying to build, which is also a place where the people that have been following me for so many years get to engage, 
I don't need them suggested. I also don't need the runoff of everybody that I'm not blocking. If I don't block them and they attach this porn, it then goes to like people that have never been in the business get these tweets. So the block party has been real. I have not been trolling any trolls. And I will say, I know if I can get through March that I have built up a muscle and I know when I see something and I feel something in my gut that it's just like, you know, I could mute this person. But if I mute them, they still get to see my post and then they still get to engage and I'm no longer going to see them. But everybody that I'm tagging, you know, from my sports shows or from other events that I'm doing, they're going to have to see these people. So I don't know who these people are, where they've come from. A lot of them are new accounts. A lot of them are like December 2022, January 2023. That's an instant block. I know you're scamming. I know there's something weird going on because how is it possible? How is it possible that you just got on Twitter? Or is it everyone before me has already blocked you and you're on a new account? Either way, these are things. So that's part of if you're a new listener, you wouldn't know that I did this, but it was one of my New Year's resolutions was to just like stop because there's so much there that can be so consuming and I just don't want it to consume me. I just want to open up that space in my life for better things, for more positive things, for great things. And then the second thing that was on the New Year's list that was just like, it was supposed to be like a month experiment. And I've done this once before in my life for an entire year. So if you read my second book, The Life Back, which you can get on my store at shoplisaand.com, they arrive autographed. If you're, if it's easier for you to get it on Amazon, the Kindle is there. Get it there as well. It won't be autographed. And soon to be coming is the me narrating that book. But what I did for a year that I'm doing right now, and I'm doing it now because I prepared to be able to do it now, and I shopped a lot, so I have not bought myself one non-necessity, not one non-essential yet in 2023. So yes, you know, stuff on Amazon, laundry detergent, fabric software, those types of things. Of course, of course, of course. Um, no clothes, no shoes, no purses, no accessories, no perfumes, no makeup even, because uh, I haven't eaten anything yet. That could be an essential. That, that could be borderline essential, but it has to be, I have to be out of it for it to be essential. So this has been a fun little experiment and it's just a great way to see, you know, it's easy to save money when you're not buying stuff you don't really need. I did shop a lot in December to prepare for all of the events that I have coming up in 2023. I took advantage of a lot of great sales and then I bought some things uh, to go to ABN. You know, that's a big event and um, I will be wearing these things. I'm ahead and it's been fun. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at March. Like I was planning on doing this for a month. Do I just try and go through March as well? I mean, my credit card statements look amazing. There's really nothing on them right now except the normal kind of things, but not like any big purchases, no shopping. Um, so it's all about experiences this year. I'd rather go out for a nice dinner with a friend than, than go shopping. And so I'm going to see how long this skin goes. feels really good. I did it for a year before. And I'm already feeling that feeling of like, I know what I'll probably buy first. It'll be just like after not buying myself anything for a year, I bought new gym clothes because I work out five days a week. And those are the things that I'm washing and wearing every day. So here I am. Those were two New Year's Eve things. I just returned from Vegas, my fifth trip of 2023. 2023 started in Vegas, back to New York, then to Denver for a ski trip, back to New York, then to Jamaica for a radio trip with the morning after show from St. Louis, back to New York, then to Nashville to record my audio book 
back to New York, then to Vegas again. And scary to say I have Vegas again in March, April, and May. These are all work trips and uh, they're starting to stack up. And normally I'm really responsible in Vegas, but this was a trip where I was meeting some friends that I've been having a great social media friendship with and phone calls and texting, but never met in person. So it was a bit of a celebration. Um, I met Steffi Smalls for the first time in person, which was really exciting. And she's also going to be in Vegas with me for March Madness. I met Lauren the Better. These are all friends of mine in my sports community that I've had on my show on the Better Sports Network. So FSGA is the event that I was at this last week. And that's the Fantasy Sports and Gambling Association. And it's all these different new products in the industry. There's the people that make trophies for fantasy football awards. There's a lot of panels. There was a great diversity panel this year. Um, there are a lot of great conversations. There's an award show. And during said award show, my company that I work with that I'm so proud of because my boss is my very first boss in the whole fantasy sports world. He was the boss that gave me my first opportunity at Sirius XM in the sports world on fantasy sports radio back in 2013. So at the awards show, Better Sports Network won two awards. And I was sitting next to my boss and he was like shocked. He's like, oh, I, 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 should, should I go up there? You should go up there. He's telling me I should. I'm like, no, Matt, you should go up there. Then the second one happened and he's like, I should let Al go up there this time, you know, his partner. Um, and it was just adorable because he didn't see it coming. He deserves it. He's worked really hard on this product. He's a great person in the fantasy sports and gambling community. Uh, he's just get it, you know, go down as the best boss I've ever had just because he's the most passionate about what he does, the most neutral about how he speaks. I've never heard him yell anybody, get upset about anything. He gives the constructive criticism in the absolute best way. And he put me through classes at Sirius XM. Like he just wanted me to be better. That's really what your boss should be is somebody that wants you to be better because it does benefit them. But at the same time, it's benefiting you as well. And when you really like your boss, you want to work a lot harder for, for the company, for everything. So getting to see everybody and getting to sit and network with so many new voices in the fantasy sports and gambling world and space that my show on Wednesday nights is going to have a fabulous array of guests. And some of the guests that I've already had on, like Justin Henry, who I hadn't yet met in person, I got to meet in person. Just so many remarkable people, a lot of good networking and having that balance of like, think about it. First trip was AVN. Second trip was a fun trip, like a vacation trip. The third trip was a radio show trip. The fourth trip was work with the audiobook. And then this trip was like me getting together with people that inspire me the most in the world that I'm in, that I continue to want to grow and be a part of, and just sitting through those panels and learning and having these open discussions. Uh, there's a new app called Stunt App. And Michael Irvin came and spoke at the event, which none of us knew this was happening. Uh, great surprise with the playmaker to go up there. He's a great storyteller, tells a great story about growing up with 11 brothers and sisters, also his partnership and collabing with the Stunt app, which is really the way the owner explained it. The, the, the guy was like, okay, so this is kind of like an OnlyFans for sports. 
I died laughing. So it's really going to be a content platform for, you know, us to have a, a, a mainframe for just sports news. So you don't have to go to your Twitter and go through all this other trash to get your news and where people can write stories. And if you want to charge to unlock the story or, you know, it's going to be a great place for me to go in and meet some new people in the sports industry. And so Michael Irvin is a part of that. And he came and spoke, which was amazing. But it did bring up a story. So I've got to share this story with you. And I'm going to go into my DM because I feel like it's not really trolling. If I'm just using this for my podcast, it's almost like the mailbag. And I'm whispering because I guess in deep down inside, I'm not sure if I'm trolling, but I have to, I'm not going to give a name. So that means I'm not trolling because it's not public, right? Um, okay, here it is. Oh, there's actually a lot of content there. So I go into the UNLV studios to do my show on Wednesday night, which is Wednesday afternoon in Vegas, like four o'clock. So we went over there around three-ish so we could set up, me and my producer, Adam. And when we're in the studio, in the, in the break area before you get into the actual studio, there's another podcast that's just wrapping up. So this podcast wraps up and I'd been listening to the last 15 minutes of their show. So when I, when they came out, I introduced myself to the host. She was totally lovely. Uh, we had a great little conversation continuing what she was talking about. We exchanged Instagram accounts because I was like, Hey, I'd love to visit your show. I'm out in Vegas a lot. And then her guest who just so happens to be a dating coach, uh, he also, and I exchanged information. And what I've realized now is I'm confused to believe that just because you follow somebody on Instagram this becomes something more. He writes immediately while I'm doing my show. Such a pleasure to meet you. Have a great show. If your schedule permits, I would like to invite you out for dinner. Let me know if you have time while you're in Vegas. I am already triggered. I am enraged. I am losing my mind that a man thinks because he had a 60 second interaction with me and looked at me and thought, ah, I'd like to go out to dinner with her. Doesn't know my background. Doesn't know if I'm married or single. Doesn't know anything about me. Doesn't know anything. Just thinks, oh, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in Vegas. I'm a damsel in distress. Like, I just came out here and I have no plans. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, if I'm in Vegas, I have plans. Okay. I'm here for work. I've got shit to do. I ignore it. Okay. Because I'm not trolling trolls. And even though this was in DM, I considered the response that I may have to be so incredibly nasty that I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. And hopefully he can take a hint. Now, Friday comes along. Hey, how was stay in Vegas? I write back on Saturday when I'm leaving and I'm already at the airport. It was great. Thank you. Hey, glad to hear when you come back in town, I'd love to get together with you again. Like guys, if a girl ignores, I'm trying to have some grace here. I am just trying to have some grace and be like, I'm going to act like I didn't see the creepy message when you're assuming that because you're a guy and I'm a girl, we should spend time together just because we exchange. Do we align with each other? Do you see anything that we could potentially, do you know anything about me? No, you're just shopping in your daily life. I write, I really don't know how to respond to all of this. I know that we've come further in society than this, but 
I thought we did, and this is troubling. Men act as if they have access to women because she was nice, without knowing or asking her story, or without contemplating if the worlds of said men and women align. He writes back, I totally understand. Maybe you took what I was asking for was wrong. I was simply asking to take you out to dinner. I totally respect and appreciate your kindness that you showed toward me and meant no harm. If you took that as being disrespectful, please accept my humblest apologies. I have the utmost respect for all women. Uh, So let's start over. I'm not sure of your status, but if you're single, I would like to take you out to dinner the next time you're in Vegas. I am at this point, like, I can't. I can't. I, I I just can't. I did continue, though. And I said, okay, just so you know, when a girl ignores your first invite, you should probably let it go. Imagine how exhausting this is for us as women. And by the way, I just went and checked your Instagram profile. How the fuck are you a dating coach? That's it. That's the real question. And guess what? He hasn't answered me yet. He did not like it when I called him out for being a dating coach, when he was being such a predator over somebody like, I would just exchange it. It was really a casualty of war because I really was giving it to the female host because it was her show and he was right there. And it was a mild, less than 60 seconds situation. Appalling. So there was that. But because I can't troll, but I let it go. But then he came back. And now I'm going to unfollow him and I'll probably have to block him. But the whole thing was just like, I was like, no, why guys? No, why get to know people? Not everybody wants to give up their time. Not everybody wants to hang out with a stranger. Not everybody wants to try and have to say no all the time. So I know better. I should not be giving out my social media. I watched a considerably unhealthy amount of golf this weekend, which I will continue to do for every tournament that is coming up my way. I think golf ends, golf comes in at the perfect time, yet I do understand the world wants me to get invested in the XFL. I get that. I probably will. Once McAfee is back from vacation, they start talking about it. But I watch golf and especially anytime Tiger Woods plays. That brings me to the Genesis Invitational. Tiger Woods was so remarkable on day two, which was Saturday, which in Vegas, I had to set my alarm for 5 a.m. to get up and watch. And I was committed. I was committed. I watched. I streamed it on my iPad. I watched all through the airport. I watched on my flight. I watched again the next day. On day two, he beat his score from 2019. And this is a man who was in an incredible accident, an accident that was so bad, we did not think he'd play golf again let alone the fact that when he decided he wanted to get back out there, he had to redesign his entire swing. Walking is really difficult on the lengths of the courses, a lot of the uphill, uh, but he has to walk. And I thought about it as I was watching him Saturday and Sunday. How much of this skill set is really just dedication and determination? Is he the best golfer in the world or is it his dedication and determination that defines him? Because if you think about how well Tiger Woods has taken care of his body, how he eats, how he works out, how he stretches, you have to take care of your back playing golf, how many surgeries he's already had. But the fact that he has consistently taken care of himself makes his body like a rubber band and he is able to bounce back after something so devastating. That car accident was so devastating. 
he has to, his shoes are different. Like everything is different. Even the size, the length of his one leg, he doesn't push off his feet anymore. And it made me think about the real importance in always taking care of ourselves so that if there is an accident or a surgery or something, the recovery time is so much easier. Your body is in pristine condition before that situation happens to you. And then the second part of that to the dedication is his determination. He's been playing golf since he was six years old. I remember being in Australia the last time he won the Masters. And I remember having to set my alarm clock for a wild time and how cool it was to be around the globe and watching him play and what an emotional win that was. And, you know, just inspiring. And so his dedication, his will to want to be the best at what he does is such a commitment. And it really, really rocked my core this weekend as I was watching him because we never expected to see him play again. He doesn't have to finish in the top three to fascinate every single one of us that gets to watch him play. But what an example of just that just level of dedication and determination. He makes me want to be better at everything that I do, continue to take care of myself, exercise, eat right, live right, do the right things, work hard, be committed to the people that I work with and for. And I, I was just like, wow. And it was a great tournament. I watched, you know, I've been watching Rory for so long. He's starting to look a bit older and I'm like, wow, I've watched Rory age, which means all of my fans have watched me age. Like I don't think about it in a day-to-day -day basis, but looking at Rory, I thought about it and it really made me chuckle. Golf, golf just soothes me. I find the challenge of the fact that it's like, it's you against yourself. There's no teammate that can make you look better that night. There's nobody that can bail you out of a bad situation. And I don't really yell when I watch football or basketball, or I don't really yell in my house or in a hotel, but there's something about a putt that is going and you see the blades of grass and you know, the grass is starting to stiffen up and they're giving you the breakdown of like what the weather is like. It's getting windy. There is something about a putt that makes me lose my, my, you watch it just go. And then just go around, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. But I really enjoyed that. So I did a bunch of that. And my travel has been an incredible resurgence of what I love about traveling. And one of the things I love about traveling is I read a lot more. And so thanks to Sheila, one of my regulars that's always there for me on social media, as well as in the live feed on Friday nights on my YouTube channel, Sheila suggested I do a book club. So I was like, how could I work this out? I have a lot of great books I was thinking about. So I will give everybody a month to read the book. I'm going to schedule the live of when we'll be giving our breakdown of what we enjoyed about the book. And the very first book is Still Barking. This is the story of friendship, brotherhood, and 25 years of the sports junkies. The sports junkies are a studio that I get to visit when I'm in DC. And from the very first time I went to that studio, I'd learned that they had been friends for so many years, their history, uh, the energy you feel in that studio, the way the city loves that show. When I do a show that is that good, the responses that I get on social media are incredible pleasantries and so much support and everybody loves and, and loves them. And so their community hence me not trolling trolls and blocking people. They have built this pristine community of people who are supportive and loving and kind. And so I made this one my first one because it's special to my heart. And when I had got in last time in December, um, JP had said to me, he's like, oh, you know, I got a book out. And he's like, I'll give you a copy. I'm like, no, I'm going to order it on Amazon right in front of you. 
from one author to another, I want to support you. And they've always been so incredibly cool to me and kind to me. And so first book of the book club is still barking. I'll be announcing on my social media at the release and when the live premiere will be the live feed on YouTube where we can talk about, I'm going to, I started reading it, but I'm going to go through and reread it and now highlight things that I want to talk about, put some post-it notes in there and really get that going. So I have the book club going. Thank you very much, Sheila, for all of you. You love sports. Well, if you love sports as much as I do, you need to download the Ticket Rev app. The app is now launched. When I started with Ticket Rev, I was just giving you their social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Ticket Rev, R-E-V. Now you can go to the app. You used to have to go onto your computer, whatever you prefer. You can still do both, but you find your space. You find your time. And you make it happen of where games, what events, what things you want to go to. Learn all about it at TicketRev.com. Download the app today. I've got a guest. And I'm going to bring in this conversation, which I really enjoyed having. I love the variants that I have here on my podcast. I love still having conversations with people from all walks of life, especially the walk that I walked for so many years of mine. Today, I bring you Ruby Lynn. Here we go. Another day, another great conversation. And I love the creativity and the life transitions that I'm getting to bring everyone right here. Today, I bring you a guest that you can follow on IG at Ruby Lynn official. Be sure to add that E at the end of Lynn and on Twitter at Ruby Lynn 50. Ruby Lynn, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be here with you and get to share your story because Ruby, you are now in a world that I was previously in and you came into it much later in life. I need to know how this happened. You're also the host of a podcast. Let's yeah. just start at the jump. What, <laughs> did you, what, what brought you to this point where we're having this conversation right here? Wow. Um, well, it'll be three years uh, in February of 2023. So it has been a whirlwind. Um, <clears throat> really started out, I got into a naughty Facebook group called Scarlet's Chambers. Not even sure if it's still around. Okay. Somebody talked about selling their dirty panties and making extra money. I was a social worker, you know, did social work, uh, worked with the homeless, that kind of thing. And just yeah, I didn't make a lot of money and wanted to travel and that kind of thing. <clears throat> Made an account right away and, you know, just started. And before I knew it, it was blowing up and people were requesting content, videos in the panties. And so then we, you know, got into content and then I researched live cam and <laughs> here I am. How many years were you a social worker? <laughs> I uh, left that field uh, 100% in April of this year. So that was six and a half years I did that. That's hard work. And yeah. it is incredible that we don't have the funds to pay more for such a valuable job. And also it's got to be emotionally draining to do something yeah. where you would like to see more solutions, <laughs> but there's limitations and there's politics and there's this. Uh, and so you kind of probably felt like you're fighting a dead end battle, right? It is. It is. And it's like day in, day out, not getting the answers, you know, not getting the funding. And I loved what I did. Um, just by the end, I was super burned out. Yeah. How tech savvy were you from that job to compared to how tech savvy you are now? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I can't believe the stuff I've had to learn um, just doing this job. I, 
it still blows me away, you know, just prior to coming on with you. Okay. My mic wasn't working. I figured that out. Why wasn't it working? (laughs) Well, it's also like, you know, it's become so much easier. You can now edit little videos on an app, right? Everything is like pretty similar. You can go into an app and find the three dots at the top and know that like, they're going to take me somewhere. But so many people have had computer jobs, but don't realize how much different this is because you're dealing with photo quality. You're dealing with editing. You're dealing with sound. You're dealing with webcamming, which you can cam and then something, there's an internet interruption. It just bumps you Ah. off and your whole room is gone. And it's like all these like little things all rely on one thing, the power of the internet and the power of how good our Wi-Fi is and how good our internet is. So what have you discovered about yourself since you've changed tradition at positions in in, in work? You've also probably felt this, oh, this is different. I'm managing all my own time, which to a lot of people sounds really good. But when you first start managing your own time after you've had a job where you went every day, five days a week, it seems to be very elastic and it can be almost scary. You hit the nail on the head, Lisa, because, um, you know, so rewinding, how do I feel now? Um, this industry has just blown up my self-esteem. Um, I, for a large part of my life was always, you know, very heavy, morbidly obese, um, came from a, uh, abusive marriage. I mean, it would, I just have the, the same story that a lot of women do. Mine isn't any different. Um, And yeah, so just the acceptance in this industry of all body types, of all fetishes, I mean, that has been amazing. I love that about this industry. Um, And then, yeah, the the time management. So I I worked both jobs for all, what, two and a half years. Um, So I'd work the day job, you know, the eight to five, and then in the evenings, it was cam, it was admin, it was content, it was editing. And so literally you could work 70 hours a week or more. So I quit my job, corporate job to do this. I'm still working those hours, but I really struggled the first couple months. And I still struggle some days about time management. I'm always trying to, you know, figure out you know, what's the best time to cam? When should I be editing? So it's always a flex type of thing. It is. And it's something that like you can get into a project and because nobody's pulling you into another project, you could lose too much time. Right. And there's such a volume of things that you need to be doing. There's the engagements on social media. There's the, all of the different platforms that you work on. There's engagements there too. Every single platform you are on, is its own body of work, right? It's its own. And, and and the users are very different. So as for like, you just finished a PR tour, which we'll talk about, but what's been your favorite so far? Is it camming? Is it shooting content? Is it engaging with fans? Um, You know, I love every single thing, you know, for a different reason. I love live cam because it's just totally on the fly. When you hear the ding of those tips coming in, it's just so exhilarating. Um, I love having content and making other people's fantasy come to life. But recently I started a podcast, the Granny Panty Podcast, and you talk about time management. I absolutely love it. I am having so much fun with it, talking to other uh, women in the adult industry that I literally a couple weeks ago was like, okay, I need to film content because I need to get on cam. And it's like, I can get so buried in the editing process and just making that come to life. That's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I think when people listen to a podcast, it's, you know, 45 minutes to an hour long and they think that's all it took, but it's like, okay, I think each podcast can take you anywhere from six to 10 hours from booking your guest, from the editing to pulling clips for social media, to promoting it on social media, you know, to then, I don't know where you put yours. If you use the video component for YouTube, I then load mine onto a live premiere. So I sit with my viewers and we get to kind of be in the chat together, which is super fun, but it can really consume you and you have to keep a check on it. And also like, I have this feeling where I like to be ahead on my interviews. I'll collect a bunch of interviews. Then I'll go and I'll watch them. Then I'll do the monologue and like the mailbag or however I'm piecing it together. And when I'm not ahead, I feel this really weird panic. And especially yeah. if you get close to the holidays, cause you can't ask somebody around the holidays to be a guest. Cause you know, people are busy. Right. Right. And that's kind of where I am because my podcast is so new. I mean, I've only done it for the last couple months. So I had some interviews booked up. You know, I was ahead. So I'm, yeah, I'm the one scrambling to book someone around the holidays. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to feel ahead, but it goes by really fast. It's like yeah. it's like money in the bank that you take out, right? It goes by really fast. So you're like, oh my gosh, I was four episodes ahead. So how has it been for you from that Facebook group to now having your own following on your social media platforms, Ruby Lynn official on IG, Ruby Lynn 50 on Twitter to, you know, only fans, all these platforms. What have you found to be the most interesting? And have you had any troll or situations where you're like, huh, why would somebody say this? Yeah. Um, the troll thing. I mean, I just had someone yesterday, which was really funny. Um, we can talk about that, but yeah, all the, you're right. All of these different sites and everything. Um, I, I really love interacting with people. So I do enjoy the fan site a lot. Um, I'm in there a lot. I'm asking them questions. I want to hear what they're saying, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I get, I would say the most trolling I get is really, um, people who come in, say to your OnlyFans, and they don't like your prices or they don't like the way you're running them. And it's hard for them to grasp that we're all independent creators and we all run our business a different way. And so I'm sure you know where I'm going with that. And it, you know, some people choose not to do pay-per-views. Um, some of us like myself do. And yeah, so I would say the trolling is a lot like that. Um, the worst troll I ever had um, so far in my career was I had a really, um, I think, mentally unstable uh, fan who was a huge misogynist and had like a, um, a murder fantasy type of thing. And unfortunately, he found my OnlyFans, you know, and of course I blocked him and then he found me on, you know, sex Panther. And I just, it took about a few weeks to have to go through because he would change his usernames too. And so that was pretty unsettling. I did not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, that happens. And when somebody gets that obsessed and, and that fixed on you, um, they will, they will go at it for days. Like they will continue yeah. and continue. And I, I know when it's happening to me, cause it happens a lot with me. It's been happening for years. You'll get more used to it. You get a thicker skin, but when it's happening, you tell yourself like, I hope this person tires soon. You know what right. I mean? Like, I hope maybe they tire of this project and something comes up or they move on and, and that they can continue to start these new profiles and continue right. to go at you. And, you know, with people coming in, when people come in 
and try to negotiate with me. I just say the same thing every time. I say, it's not a swap meet. Right. <laughs> There's no negotiations here. <laughs> this is how I'm doing it. I'm not begging you to stay here. If you right. want to stay here, great. But it's not Yelp. I'm not collecting reviews. And I try to make light of it. Everybody right. that gets to know me, my fans that have followed me through the years know that I have this sense of humor. Now, what I've realized is sometimes the people that don't know your sense of humor yeah. really think that you're digging at them and then they get very annoyed with you. And I'm like, oh, that was not my intention. This is, it even happens to me, you know, in person. I had a kid the other day on Twitter who was like, hey, if you follow me and send me a DM, I'll buy your book. And I wrote back to him like, yeah, no, like I'm not doing right. that. Like you buy the book or you don't. Like it's not, <laughs> I'm not going to do what. Yeah, I already went through the effort of writing the book. But where do you see yourself taking this career? Because, of course, you could do the podcast forever. I'm sure you're going to become an incredible sexpert through the journey of fetishes that you learn. We learn about fetishes we don't know about when we're in the business. And, and I, I remember learning about feet in the early 90s when I was shooting all these, like, leg and foot magazines. And I didn't know people had foot fetishes. And I learned all about it because I knew what to know what they were looking for. And I was curious right. about it. And I noticed myself, you know, looking more at people's feet. Um where do you see yourself taking this journey since you've been in for three years and not saying it's going to come to an end soon, but you're going to look right. at this money and say, I could save this money way faster than any money I was making before. Right. Uh, you know, I would like to see this career um, progress forward um, to maybe like into coaching um, somebody that I really um, just admire is Nikki Knight. She's a cam coach. You know, I would love to work with other creators um, and, you know, help them kind of improve what they're doing. Uh, I think that's where I would like to see this progression go eventually. And you would probably be great for anyone who is looking to start this in a part-time basis like you did to see how they like it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a career transition. Um, maybe their kids are out of their house. and They want to try something new. You know, like it, it, I'm noticing since the pandemic and all the conversation about OnlyFans, this has really changed from, you know, young women getting in the industry to everyone discovering I can do this. And even if it's just a couple of photos here and there, I can try this. I can learn something about myself. And at any age and in any situation, it's made becoming an entrepreneur possible. Right. Yeah. And, you know, also helping people understand, I mean, while I think there was a very small percentage of creators that were able to just do an OnlyFans during the pandemic, throw up some pictures and they were making, you know, six figures. <laughs> I think that the reality is it's a lot of work and you have to be prepared to put that work in to get the success. It is a lot of work. That's it's, it's so much from creating the content to editing, to managing, to labeling, to, uh, posting, to managing the page to it's a, it's a lot of work. But what I love about it is it takes someone who, yes, we read all the news stories about people making a ton of money, but I have friends that just do little bits and they're happy with the little money they're making. They're like, you know, this is extra money for me. And what it's teaching people is tools that they'll be able to use anywhere else. You can now go into any somewhat web-based business yeah. and say, I know my way around these platforms. I know the consistency that these platforms need to keep a customer base. I know customer service. You're in the DM. That's legit right. customer service at the greatest form. It's the most purest form of one-on-one -on -one customer service. No one's sitting on hold. They're just waiting for you to respond. And I think 
all of these skills are going to make everyone come out a better, smarter, you know, more motivated person and also understand what their limits are, what it's good. Like I don't answer DMs on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like I look at it, like I'm trying to train people like this is when we should be living our lives. And I think the problem with social media and working in this global world, internet wise, is it can become a seven day a week machine that you're feeding. And I understand that I was there for a very long time and now I'm here and I'm like, you know, it's really important for me to spend time FaceTiming a couple hours a a weekend with my friends, going out in person and seeing my friends, taking walks. Like you can get so consumed with it when you're building it that you don't do anything else. And then for you, you also have the podcast. So what's your topics on your podcast and who have you had on recently? So my podcast is um, really niche. I wanted it to be um, creators. At this point, it's kind of mostly women. Um, I'm going to add men, you know, at some point, but um, more mature creators. And so for me, I didn't come into this business till I was 53. And I think being a mature creator gives you just a different outlook. I mean, also your life experience plays in. And so I've had a lot of fun. I've interviewed... um, our mutual friend and and my publicist, Lainey Spicer. That was amazing. She's a great um, interview. She has an amazing story. I love her story. Like I, we could have went on for hours. Um, Christy Canyon has been. Oh, fabulous. And- Christy Canyon's one of the first features I ever met when I was a house girl in Reading, Pennsylvania at Al's Diamond Cabaret. I was 18 years old. I awesome. looked up to her. She was so nice to me. I was there for two years. And every time she'd come back, I'd ask her more questions because that was when I was curious about getting into the business and trying to make contacts. And it's so cool that I get to see her at all the Exoticas and like AVN because I'm like, I can't believe you've been in my life since I was 18. Like that's some real beautiful history right there. And you know what? She She's not changed one bit. She's got such great energy and such an awesome vibe and just really, really is, is a fabulous woman. I agree. And we've kind of become friendly after the interview, which was fun. I was just in LA last week and we were texting. We weren't able to like meet up. Um, Our schedules were too busy, but I had sexy Vanessa who was also fabulous story. Oh my gosh. That was a lively interview. That was good. She's Um, amazing. Wait till you meet her in person. You know, I have um, Penelope Proper, the mad harlot who I met. Yep. I'm sure you probably know from Exoticas. Yep. She has an amazing story from, you know, high school teacher to now sex, you know, positive teacher. Um, I've got some upcoming Jasmine St. Clair, another icon. And, legend. Yeah. and so, yeah, it's I have, like I said, I have enjoyed so much about booking them and then really diving into their history so that I know about them before they come on the show. And yeah, it's so a great outlet. It's a really great outlet. And it's also a great way for us to build a stronger connection with each other. Yeah. It's always hard when you're in LA to get together with people because of traffic is such a nightmare and it's, you have to map everything out. But let's touch on that. You just visited the Sirius XM studios in LA and did a PR tour. How okay. was it? And how was everybody to you? Oh my gosh. Well, I just got goosebumps, you know, thinking about it. It was awesome. I um, did the all out show and rude Jude, rude Jude. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
He wasn't too rude to me, so that was awesome. He's not rude. It's just been his name forever. And he used to make all these great rude jokes. He used to do these things that he can't do anymore because of cancel culture. But he did this one thing, I'll I'll say. It was called White People Wednesdays. But it was like all would post like ridiculous like things that are only white people things and like a couple of years ago you know they came they realized like oh you can't do this anymore but it was very funny because it was like foods or you know ambrosia salad at a picnic like just you know really things that nobody else has ever seen but so he got that name rude jude by all these little things but he's not rude he's sweet he wasn't he's friendly he's got a great following and he's a great interviewer yeah, I was, you know, ready for it because I'm very spicy. I'm sassy. I can think on the fly. And so I was I was ready for it. And no, it was really fun. We had a good time. Got to spank his producer, you know. On oh, the John. Yes, John. But yeah, it was an amazing studio. And, and it kind of goes even further than that. I'm going to like out myself a little bit. I mean, just being on the Shade 45 channel, I am a huge Eminem fan, like, if anybody on Instagram, you know, they do these little polls, what's your favorite movie? Eight Mile. Who's your favorite, you know, music artist, like classic Eminem. And so for me, there was just like this full circle thing of, oh my God, I am going to be on the Shade 45 channel. So a little fangirling there. But that's part of coming into this later in life is you appreciate these moments. You know, when you're young, you know, your PR girl tells you you're going all these places, you just go, you know, you don't think anything of it. But I think we celebrate these things because it's a big deal. And if you look back 10 years, if you look back at your life, Ruby, 10 years ago, would you have ever told yourself 10 years ago that you're going to be sitting in the studios and on a live appearance on Shade 45? Yes and no, Lisa. I will tell you yes and no, because from the time I was a teenager, I I was always very hypersexual. I loved anything to do with that industry. I bought my first Playgirl at age 18 because I was just like so curious, but I really envisioned it. I think when I started this business and the panty thing took off, the content thing took off, Cam blew up, you know, luckily we started right before COVID. But I looked at my partner and I was like, this is going to be a real business. And when I set my mind to something, I'm like, I am going to take this. I am going to be. So I kind of visualized it, you know, years ago, but still, yeah, still amazing, still exciting. Yeah, it's exciting to travel around and get ready to go to do these things. I know when I'm getting ready, I'm always like, oh, you know, will you be going to AVN this year? Yep, I will be there. That's exciting. Uh, It's such a great event to get to see everybody for you. That's a great time for you to meet people for your podcast. You know, it's like, and also to shoot and to share content. Now, what type of content do you shoot right now? Do you shoot all solo stuff uh, that you put out yourself on your pages? Or are you shooting also scenes for different companies in the industry? So I do mostly my own stuff. I shoot solo, boy, girl, 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 um, uh, group. I'm going to be doing my first MFF and, you know, that kind of thing while I'm at AVN. I have shot for a studio about a year ago. I shot for the score group. So that was exciting. Awesome. And I, w- I would like to do a little more studio work. It's not where I want my bread and butter or my focus to be. Sure. But again, that experience. Now you talk about, did I ever see myself shooting for a porn studio? No. Okay. That just blew me away. <laughs> That whole experience was surreal. That was amazing. 
Well, there's something about being on set when you've been a self-creator that you're like, oh, this is so easy. I don't have to worry about the paperwork. I don't have to worry about the content. I don't have to worry about the, I'm just there. I just get to be. I didn't even have to do my own makeup. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I just get to show up. It's absolutely amazing. So before I let you go, if you could tell my followers a couple of things about you and things that they're going to look forward to seeing with you. So I um, do a variety of content. I think that's something that I, um, I'm going to be shooting some collabs at AVN that have, are what I would say outside my lane that I'm really excited about. Um, I've mostly done the cougar cub, milf, you know, gilf type stuff. And so I've really got some awesome stuff coming that I think, you know, the fans are going to be like, oh my gosh. So I'm excited about that. And everyone can find your podcast everywhere. Yeah. So I, it's on YouTube right now. Um, and your YouTube channel is? The Granny Panty Podcast. Okay. I'll make sure that is under the YouTube video here too. So everybody can easily link. I think it's awesome. How often are you releasing your podcast right now? I'm doing it once a week. So oh, it's a lot. Once a week is yeah. a lot. I know at first it was like every two weeks and then, and then Lainey's like, no, you got to do every week. I said, okay, boss, let's do it. <laughs> and luckily with the help of Lainey, you yeah. have access to more people with your networking. You can see more people. And I find like, you know, it's even something great to add on to your, drop the video into your OnlyFans page. Uh, yeah. Your followers might not be on YouTube and they get to have it right there. So there's so many different ways to use the content that we're producing, the things that we're doing, but Ruby Lynn, it was so great to meet you. I'm thrilled that Lainey got you set up with such a cool tour yes. right before going to AVN because the more you like have these conversations, right. the easier it is to be a great podcaster because you learn from each one you do. You're like the student in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I learn every day. I learn something new in my life, but thank you for having me. You know, I'm going to get you on my podcast. We'll have to talk about after the first of the year. 2023. I'm all about it. Thanks so much for joining me right here today. Everybody give her a follow at Ruby Lynn official on IG and Ruby Lynn 50 on Twitter and go and check out the granny panty podcast. That was such a great conversation. Ruby is an inspiration and a powerful woman. And if you want to be a powerful man, then you need this. Ever feel like your performance just doesn't measure up? Does worrying about it make it worse? Let me let you in on a little secret. Many men use Viagra and Cialis not just to treat ED, but to boost their performance and last longer. Whether you're in front of the camera or behind closed doors, every man can use a little help to last longer. It's never been simpler to get what you need. At ultrafarmrx.com, you can get doctor-trusted treatments 100% confidential online from your phone. No awkward doctor visits. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Discreet and confidential, guaranteed. Better performance is just a few clicks away at ultrafarmrx.com. It is the moment you've all been waiting for, the moment for the Ask Lisa and Mailbag segment of my podcast. And let me tell you something, for the very first time, I have set up an auto reply that says, don't be that guy. So now I can get some good questions. Today was not one of those days, but let's get to it. 
make sure you go and give Ruby Lynn a follow at Ruby Lynn official on IG and at Ruby Lynn 50 on Twitter. I want to remember to do that before I get to these. Now this mailbag, not easy. It was not an easy one to put together. So I need better questions. And I'm also realizing the all out of like reply might help with some of these, but I do know that sometimes you all enjoy these. So of course it's very triggering when in the subject matter, it says date, just date question. Okay, Lisa, I'm asking you out on a date. This is the guy on Twitter who saw you at the strip club in San Diego. My profile name is Chris, but my real name is Mark. I'll send you pics if you want. I'm a big golfer, by the way. I mean, what can I really say to these people? I don't respond, obviously. But why do men feel as if they can shop for women? Is it this a mail order bride fucking situation that's called the internet? No, it's the internet. And this is a mailbag for a fucking podcast. Why do guys think it comes off so ever so creepy? It comes off desperate, pathetic. Also, it comes off as if some of these people do not realize that maybe they don't align with me. And also, it comes off as they think I'm desperately searching for dates. Where did this come from? Is there something going on in the internet that I don't know about? Are people out there saying I'm lonely? Are people out there saying I can't afford dinner? Are people out there saying something? Because email number two, subject says question. Here's the email. I'm a just be the letter B straightforward. I'm a just be straightforward. I know you're in the, into NBA players, but I have the same frame forward slash height of one. And I'm a government employee dot, dot. So no clown. What's up? Question mark with the ear emoji. I'll re I'll replay this one for you. I'm going to just be straightforward. I know you're into NBA players, but I have the frame height of one and I'm a government employee. So no clown. What's up? Ear emoji. Okay. I think it's pretty clownish to write to a stranger and pitch yourself for a date. I think I hear clown in that. So after reading these two, before I even decided what other emails I was choosing, I said it out of office reply. So now when somebody sends an email, they're reminded this email is for Lisa Ann's podcast, the Lisa Ann experience. It's not a place to ask for dates. It is a place where your emails will be read. Don't be that guy. There's one more that's a little far left. I could have put it first, but I didn't. Subject matter, just wondering. Entire email, how many men have you fucked? Question mark. There's a lot of very bored people, I'm assuming. Lonely, bored, grabbing at straws, something to do. Read a fucking book. Watch a documentary. Take a walk. Stop emailing these things to people. But, and there you have it. So we did find one good email. Thank you, Mike, for this one good email. Hello, hello Lisa. I'm glad to see that you're doing more traveling to start the new year. I also noticed that your wardrobe has changed a bit. You have previously stated that you prefer to pack one color, which is usually your basic black. You don't need to pack as many accessories when you travel. Recently, 
I've noticed a lot more color in your clothes. I love the, the fact that you brought color into your pictures. My question is, was this by design or is this just a coincidence? Once again, thank you for taking the time to answer our inquiring minds. Well, Mike, when I do events, I do break up the color palette. So when I say I'm taking a trip, if it's a casual trip with friends, then I'm probably going to be right here, all basic black. It's just easy. All my laundry is one color. But when I'm doing trade shows and events, I want the colors to pop in everyone's photos. And I think it would be boring if I was standing there in a different black dress every day. So I make it a point, and this is something I've done, but you're just starting to see me doing trade shows again, so you're noticing. So there's a hot pink dress that I wore. And even when I saw people I knew, they were like, whoa, I've never seen you in hot pink. It's kind of hard to find colors. And so if I'm planning a three-day event, I'll know I'm going to wear one black dress and then I want two colors that are far, you know, in case somebody's going to come back all three days, they get a different look. I was trying to find a, like a royal blue or a Kelly green. And when I saw that hot pink, I was like, oh, this Barbie pink thing is really big right now. I don't know if it's going to be a fad that comes and goes. So I better pick up one of these bright pink dresses and there you have it. John asks, what foods you like to eat when you travel? John, I will branch out when I'm traveling. When there's a specific food where I am, uh, I will branch out. So I will try something in a different culture or country, but I try to stick to my main, you know, kind of what I eat. Now, when I was in Vegas, we got to eat at Carbone. Carbone was so amazing. I just such great food. They bring out the big chunk of cheese when you get the, the bread was amazing. The focaccia. So I will eat out of my element. I'll put butter on my bread. I'll eat the bread. I'll eat the cheese. I'll eat everything I don't eat at home and just enjoy it because that's part of being out. I feel like if I can't read the contents of how many calories or grams of fat are in this, then I don't know. Sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss and I'll just eat it and enjoy it, but I will not bring it into my home because when I'm home, I eat clean. I eat really good foods. I make a lot of soups and salads. I do a lot of different things with vegetables. So I make sure that I'm really feeding my body right so that when I do go out, I don't get sick when I travel. I feel nice and lean and comfortable. And so that I can splurge a little bit when I'm out on the road. Well, to all of you, another episode is in the books. I'd like to thank Ultra Farm RX. You can go to ultrafarmrx.com forward slash Lisa. Also, Ticket Rev, you got to download that app. Find out everything you need to know at ticketrev.com. You can hear me every Wednesday night on Better Sports Live on the Better Sports Network. I am live with my co-host, Rick Kamla, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're not able to watch live, you can always watch it on demand on the app. It's a really cool app. If you're able to watch live, you're in the chat with us. Really fun features there. I'd also like to thank Ruby Lynn for joining and remind you right here, right now, Still Barking is book number one of my monthly book club. You can find it on Amazon. I look forward to getting this thing going and sharing some of the books that I've already read that I really enjoy. They won't all be sports books. Don't worry, but this one is special to my heart. And since I know the author, I thought it'd be great to share it with all of you. Thank you for being here and listening to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. 